You are Locked On Browns, your daily Cleveland Browns podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good evening, everybody. Your episode 112 of Locked On Browns, your Friday edition. Uh, like I said, guys, look, I'm working really hard, doing everything I can for you guys here, getting guests. We had Dan Lobby from Cleveland.com this week. Uh, Kent Platty to help us with the Lions and some RAS scores draft-wise. Jeff, Jeff Risden last night. Uh, there's nobody who knows basically the Browns or the Lions in and out as well as he does, so it was a perfect guest for this week. And look, uh, at 0-8, you know, obviously with the future, you know, that needs to be, you know, built. Um, you know, I'm going to throw in a draft guest once a week. That's just the way it's going to be. Uh, reached out, got us one of the best here for this evening uh, from Bleacher Report. Stick to football co- podcast. I know he's doing radio out in his home area now. Um, so many other things. Uh, Matt Miller. Matt, how's everything going? How you doing, bud? Doing well, man. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, it's like you said, it's no one knows the draft better than like Browns and Jets fans, right? Because it's <laughs> but you, normally it's like week six and you guys are like, shit, who are we going to draft? This year, y'all are, I actually wrote about it today for my article tomorrow. Like this young defense is so fun to watch, whether it's Jamal Marcus or Coney Ely or Demario Davis and Darren Lee and Jordan Jenkins, like there's there are some players on this team, and hopefully you guys start to get the recognition and the accolades that are deserved because it's been a really quick turnaround, and it's one that I think there's a good foundation to build on, not just this year, but I mean, they they've got it going there, man. Yeah, it's funny, you know. Obviously, now you know with me doing this Browns podcast, it's so great. Because I, I guess, you know, I, I may be the good luck charm. I may have taken the tank away from the Jets. <laughs> I and, think you did. And throw it right back on Cleveland. Yeah. Um, uh, first things first, how are you enjoying the podcast life? you enjoying that aspect and getting a little break from, you know, everything else you do? Yeah, you know, it's, it's cool because I can be more of myself. And that might be a good thing. It might be a bad thing. Like you said, I, I fill in for a buddy who is the local radio host here in Joplin, Missouri, and you know, you have to be buttoned up. You can't, you know, you can't use the colorful language that I like to use and you can't, you know, make jokes about drinking or jokes about being divorced or any of that. You, all the stuff that people have come to expect from me, you can't do. So I look at the podcast world as like an extension of my Twitter handle and a little more unfiltered version of that until until someone at Bleach Report listens to it and it's like, okay, nope, like the, you guys got to clean this up. But for now, it's at least been fun. I have a great uh, duo of co-hosts. Um, our, our Wednesday morning show, it's myself and Connor Rogers, who I know you know well, and, and hopefully everyone else does as well. Uh, he's a, a great, great follow, a great dude. And then we just last week launched, we do Stick to Football Fridays now, which we're about to record as soon as you and I are done. And that's with my brother, Marshall. So it's it's a little bit of a different show. It's more of that unplugged, unfiltered style, but I, I think they're both a lot of fun. I got to tell you, what you and your brother need to do one time is, you know, find a couple of, you know, p- picking points where you two are total disagreement and have mom or dad come in as a third <laughs> guest on it. I got it would be, it would be nice to see the you know the parental influence and oh you got to stop and this that, the, the problem other is he's the baby, so it wouldn't be fair because my mom and dad would just be like now listen to your brother you know like they would just let him get away with it so it wouldn't even be it wouldn't even be fair to me i would just i would have to like take a loss on everything that i said now i am i am a middle child of six trust me i understand there is four years older than me and four years younger than me it's well your older brother well your younger brother your younger sister your older sister trust me i understand um before we get into a couple things matt with you what is 
what is the most difficult thing? And, you know, obviously, you know, when you write and you talk about things, like talk to, you know, this guy and no, these guys are never going to name the names of the people they're talking to. What's the toughest part when you hear, you know, a lot of things on one guy, but it differs from what you see in your opinion on the guy. I mean, what's the biggest difficulty with that? No, that's the whole, it really is one of the, the big difficulties of this job. And I would even take that a step further. So it's when you hear something and you tell the masses, you know, like, hey, guys, I'm being told explicitly Josh Allen will be a top 10 pick. And you have everyone on Twitter telling you, you know, there's there's no way, you know, he sucks. You're stupid. No <laughs> one talks to you. And you're like, OK, you know, like I, I'm being told by, you know. 20 teams that this kid's going to be a top 10 pick it, it's most likely going to happen unless something crazy happens between now and the draft so that's a difficulty but then like the difference like you mentioned you know i've used baker mayfield as an example of this where i think he's i think i have him ranked at 20 overall and as far as you know like when i talked to teams i had lunch with someone last week who's very high up with the team and he kept telling me he's like dude he's six foot tall He's chubby and he has an average arm. You're going to spend a top 20 pick on that. I'm like, well, yeah, because he makes plays and he's poised and he's he's accurate and he's athletic. And you know, I don't care. I'll tell you it's because Russell Wilson's 5'10". And so it's just I think you have to have a way to explain to people this is what I hear versus this is what I see. And Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network sums it up beautifully because he said that a mock draft is what he hears and his big board or his rankings are, are what he sees. And I grew up in this industry, like as a fan, where you know, like Mel Kiper did a mock draft, and it was a mixture of those things. And I, I think it still is, you know. And and Todd McShay is kind of a mixture of those things. And so I, I think this—I don't even know if it's fair to say next generation, but some of us guys who are newer in this business are trying to be very transparent and say, "This is what I'm hearing, but this is what I'm seeing." And hopefully, we're giving readers and viewers and listeners you know, like a full circle of analysis because there there are a lot of different things going into it. I, I couldn't agree more. And that's the thing, because, I mean, you know, like so many times when, you, you know, you you know guys of your stature say, well, I'm hearing this, they take it as your point, which just, you know, leads to a Twitter diatribe that's just not good for anybody. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, the meat, uh, you know, this class so far, um, you know, where's the barbecue? Where's the meat? Where's the strength? Oh, gosh. Uh, I'm trying to figure that out. I think it's probably a running back. I, I really like the running back class. Um, you know, you can look at whether it's Saquon Barkley and Darius Geis, Ronald Jones, Damian Harris, you know, Rashad Penny. Uh, there's just a really good number of running backs. And I, I think that follows the trend of what we saw last year. Um, a lot of really good running backs. And then I like the safety class. I like Minka Fitzpatrick. You know, I like Marcus Allen. Um, I, I like Ronnie Harrison a ton. Um, so I, I do think safety and running back are super deep this year. Linebacker, maybe. Uh, I think Rashawn Evans is really special out of Alabama. Malik Jefferson's at least a great athlete. I, I think this year he started to put it all together a little more. Jerome Baker at Ohio State's been a little disappointing to me, but those would be probably the, the areas where I, I feel like there's a really good group. Unfortunately, you know, there's going to be a lot of quarterbacks drafted early. I don't know if any of them are any good. And I would say the same for the offensive tackles. There's going to be a lot of guys drafted early because it's a premier position. But, you know, it might be like last year where the first tackle was picked at 20 and then there was a little bit of run on them. Um, so that those are the two spots that, you know, like you're doing this Browns podcast. They need a left tackle in the future. They need a quarterback. And it sucks to hear 
when you have two picks in the top seven, that those are weak areas in this class, but they really might be. Absolutely. And just one more thing on Baker Mayfield. Actually, we had Mark Schofield from inside the panel on the other night, and we were talking about Baker Mayfield. And I said he just seemed like a dream scenario in that 20 range for an established team that just says, wow, well, if nobody else wants him, yeah, we're going to go ahead and take him. Um, but getting on, uh, it's year three of the build in Cleveland. I don't ever, people, you know, oh, the rebuild, stop. It, rebuild means and implies that there was once something there. So it's year three of the build in Cleveland. Um, the defense is actually, defense is pretty good. I think they get to the point where there's not enough done offensively. So, you know, obviously they end up on the wrong end of these games. Uh, 12 picks, $80 million in cap space. Uh, you have Deshaun Kaiser. Let's start there. Uh, obviously it's not been great for Deshaun. Maybe the marriage between him and Hugh isn't great. Um, obviously, you're going to go away to add to that position because you have the capital to do it and be foolish not to. Is it better to go the free agent route? Is it better to target one of these young kids and just you know double up that way? So give me some uh, you know a few words there. I would love to see the Browns just say, this is our plan and we're going to hell or high water. We're going to give it two to three years like it or not, like, fuck it, this is what we're doing, right? <laughs> kind of like what the Rams did. Like, they they traded up to draft Jared Goff, and he was awful in his rookie year. And 9 out of 10 analysts said he wasn't any good, right? But now he's an MVP candidate. Like, And that was made possible because the front office acknowledged that he had talent, but they needed to help that talent blossom. And so they signed Andrew Whitworth and John Sullivan, and they signed Robert Woods and traded for Sammy Watkins and drafted Gerald Everett and drafted Cooper Cup. And they hired a head coach who knew how to use Todd Gurley. I don't, I don't think that Kaiser is on the talent level of Jared Goff, but why not try it? Like you invested uh, a second round pick in a quarterback who has talent. He, he really does. I mean, he's big. He has a strong arm. He's athletic. I think he has some mental things that he has to get over where if he has a bad game, he gets in a rut and his mechanics fall off really, really poorly. But why not just see if those glimpses that were there early in 2016 if you can turn that into something and i don't think hugh jackson's the guy to do it but maybe you can salvage that so i would go the route of signing a a veteran quarterback and you know i don't you know it's never going to be a sexy name of like oh well let's go get this guy you know it's like you're not getting kirk cousins to fill this role that we're talking about you know you're not you're not training for alex smith to fill that role i think you're looking at someone you know, more like what they had in Josh McCown, who's doing really well for the Jets this year. Um, those would be the types of guys that I would, you know, start to look at of, OK, this is what we should do and see what you see, what you can do with Kaiser with a head coach who knows what he's doing and a front office who I mean, let's we can't put all this on Hugh and with a front office who will do what the Rams did and come in here with a plan to give him the pieces to be really successful. Yeah, exactly. And that's funny because, you know, as you were going through that, I was thinking, you know, a 2017 version of Josh McCown, a veteran who's going to give you enough that can say, look, he's going to play over you unless he corrects his stuff. Not a Kevin Hogan. Not yeah, a like Drew Stanton, you know, like somebody like that. Like, And I know Stanton hasn't like played a ton, but he would fit that mold or like Matt Moore, maybe. And I know these again, these are not fun names at all, but they're at least stopgap guys who can get you over the hump you know like chase daniel has never really had a shot to be a starter but he's going to be a free agent and maybe the saints don't let him go because drew Brees will also be a free agent but that's the type of guy that i would look at and say okay like you could at least 
get the job done while we develop this guy or while we try to, you know, put something like what, like what the Jets are doing. Josh McCown's not the quarterback of the future, obviously. I mean, he's, he's like my age or older. No, he's a lot older. He's like five years older than me, but he's, he's at least letting your young receivers develop and he's letting your young offensive line develop. And I think that's one thing that a lot of people overlook, whether it's with the Browns or any other team in the NFL is you have a decision of, do we put our shitty quarterback out there and he's going to stunt the growth of everyone? Or do we sign a Josh McCown or a Jay Cutler if you know your quarterback gets hurt and try to let everyone else develop? And I, I think that's a conversation that Jimmy Haslam and whomever's running the team next year need to talk about is, are we stunning the growth of Corey Coleman and Duke Johnson and David Njoku and Sean Coleman if we put Kaiser out there? Or are we better off just going super young and biting the bullet and knowing we're not going to be any good for a couple of years? Exactly. I mean, somebody that can at least give a serious threat if he's not getting it done, which, yeah. which I, I totally agree with. Uh, more, you know, this is more relative draft here. Uh, Quentin Nelson, you know, the Jersey guy in me is going to stick up for the Jersey guy. <laughs> there you actually, go. He actually went to my high school, Quentin Nelson. Um, is the play as big as the hype is right now? I mean, he looks phenomenal. I mean, he looks the package. I mean, it seems a little, you know, difficult sometimes to get so excited about a left guard. But my God, this guy is open in holes. You can get a Mack truck throw. I love Quentin Nelson, and I was a little late to the party, uh, but like we were talking about, you know, our buddy Connor kept telling me because he's a Notre Dame guy. He kept saying, mm-hmm. "You got to, you got to check out Quentin Nelson. You got to check out Quentin Nelson." And finally, I'm like, "Okay, dude, like I'm, I'm gonna just sit down." And I, I've obviously seen him play before, but to sit down and truly study him is special because not only is he athletic and long, he's smart and poised and tough as nails, and you know, I think for interior offensive linemen, sometimes it's not as much fun to evaluate, but he is. And like, so when I watch him, I'm reminded of Zach Martin, and I'm reminded of Brandon Scherf, and guys like that who you really felt like could play a couple different spots on the offensive line, but were probably an all-pro if you just stuck him at guard. I see Nelson the same way. Whether it's left guard, center, right guard, right tackle, I think he could play any of those and play pretty well. But at left guard, he's probably going to be a pro bowler right out of the gate. Yeah, he gives me a vibe of uh, Hutchinson from some years back. Just consistent, you know, plays nasty. I mean, just, you know, that type of guy. Um, you know, listen to Lockdown Browns here. Matt Miller from Bleacher Report. Kind enough to give us, uh, you know, a few minutes here this evening for, you know, we're probably going to keep the Thursday night edition as the draft episodes. So, you know, appreciate Matt for his time here. The wide receiver position. Uh, look, I mean, I, I think we're always going to be looking at the 14 class, you know, with like, you know, the darling eyes, like the class that got away. And maybe that was the year to be in. I'm a big Calvin Ridley guy. I think he could maybe portray you know, a wide receiver one. I'm not sure if there's a lot of wide receiver ones in this class. Uh, let me, you know, I want to hear what you think, you know, on Ridley and some of the guys in this group. I'm with you, man. I think Ridley is the best receiver in this class. And I know, you know, I've had this conversation on Twitter with people where they're worried about his age a little bit. I, I still think that, that I don't worry about that as much as some people do. I think you can look at it. If a guy's like 20, you're like, okay, he's still going to grow. He's still going to learn. Like Calvin Ridley being 23, I don't really care about. And, and I do. I, I think he's the best receiver in this class. I think he is a, a true number one receiver with exceptional route running skills. And, you know, the one thing that is frustrating, whether it's with Ridley or Deion Kane, is that you're just not getting those clean looks with them this year because of the quarterback situation. So that would probably be the only thing where you say, okay, his numbers aren't great. He, you know, maybe his route tree is not incredibly developed because he's kind of being held back by his quarterback and by that offensive system. But I love his play. You know, I mentioned Deion Kane, the kid from Clemson. 
I have heard teams still have a first round grade on him. I think they're kind of similar dudes. Um, so I still like him. I still think he could be a really good receiver. Cortland Sutton at SMU. I had folks telling me last year would have been the top receiver in the draft if he came out last year. Um, and that was over, you know, Mike Williams who had injury concerns and Corey Davis had injury concerns. Uh, but he is, I mean, he's built for that role, you know, that Mike Evans role. So he's someone that probably still gets a first round grade, even though his numbers haven't been great this year. And he's, or he's not playing anybody cause he's at SMU and then Christian Kirk at a and I mean, that kind of speed is always going to be intriguing. You know, John Ross went ninth overall last year. And he, you know, was probably a late first round pick before he ran that four two two in Indy. So the just, you know, being a little bit of a smaller guy or a shorter guy at least, you gotta have that game changing speed. And I think Kirk has that. So those those would be the four that I think have some round one potential. You know, there's guys like Michael Gallup at Colorado State who looks really good. Simi Cobbs, Anthony Miller. I think the receiver depth this year looks pretty nice. I'm gonna give you one more, Matt. Auden Tate. Oh, yeah. Yes. At Florida State, man, he's the best run blocking receiver in the class. Um, And another guy who's, I think, held back by his receiving core or by his quarterback. Excuse me. Not his receiving core. Uh, So I like him. I haven't done a deep, deep dive on him yet, but I I do agree. And you got to stick up for your Florida State guys there. I know it. I know it is. So (laughs) that's my guy. Yeah, he he is, though. And another another big guy who can win at the catch point. So I like it. Yeah, and that's you know, I mean, because when you, you know, when you're looking in the class, may not have you know, you know, oh well, you know, they're not true wide receiver ones. Well, can they do some things that you know you need those type of guys to do? And a guy who can you know accelerate, you know, who can excel at the catch point in Auden Tate, that's a guy who gets me a little bit excited. Yeah, and when I first was learning scouting, um, it was even before I coached. You know, I kind of learned how to scout first, and then got into coaching. And I remember someone telling me that a number one receiver. Can either beat you with speed or separate or size. Like they have to be able to separate one or the other. I've kind of expanded that. I think if a guy's a great route runner, that helps too. So I look at Calvin Ridley as okay. He's he's six one one ninety. He's not the biggest guy. He's not the fastest guy, but he's so savvy as a route runner. I think that's going to give him a difference. Yeah, and the thing with Ridley is, you know, every time I watch, I like the footwork. And the other thing is, is once the head turns around, you know, the hands are in triangle position right at his belly. I mean, he's ready for catch point. You know, I think he's, you know, I mean, obviously he should be technically sound. If we were saying he was raw at 23, that would be, you know, <laughs> that would cause some concerns. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah, but, but I don't, I don't, you know, I don't get too crazy over the age thing. I know, I know some people like love it and believe in it and they live or die by it. But I, I try to look at the whole picture, you know, whether it's for a receiver, you know, yeah, I'm going to look at drops and I'm going to look at spark score and I'm going to look age and i want as much information as i can get because this shit's hard so let's try to make it easy absolutely uh all right matt one last question here and look you know i know you have you know there's the browns faction who know you and that you function with and you know and, and everybody's fine with it and first things first look, if your team is bad you know all you guys know i'm a jets fan now covering the browns i understand when your teams are bad you're the brunt of jokes uh friday jets were viral for a good thing. That hasn't happened, I don't think, ever in my <laughs> existence. I, I have every one of those videos downloaded. I'm making my wife and my kids look at them. You know, they think I'm nuts. I'm like, you don't understand. The Jets are, people are talking about the Jets for a fun thing, a positive thing. So I'm going to let you totally redeem yourself with all the Browns fans. They're so upset with you. <laughs> look, Deshaun Watson went down, and it's a terrible thing for the NFL. It's a terrible thing for Houston. It's a terrible thing for the league. Everybody grown, you know, grew to love this kid. <laughs> I'm dropping my kids off to school here in Jersey. I'm seeing kids wearing Deshaun Watson jerseys. Terrible, terrible thing. 
where the one place this was maybe a good thing was for the Cleveland Browns. They possessed their first and second round pick of the Houston Texans. You were talking four selections now in the top 40. Matt, give me four names with that top 40 that could probably you know make a big mark here for Cleveland. Oh, I still think Saquon Barkley's the dude. You know, we just had that Thank long you. conversation about, you know, quarterbacks and you gotta give him time to, you know, see what we have with Kaiser. I still think Saquon's the dude. So he would be They think I'm nuts. They think I'm nuts. No, yes, you're not you you're not crazy. Overall, take Saquon. Fournette yeah, panned I agree. out. Elliot panned out at four and five. So why is it so odd that one wouldn't pan out? Exactly. And he's better than them. So I, I look at him. I would say Calvin Ridley at that pick right now would be pick seven. I think that's a little bit of a reach, but man, they, they have a need for a guy like him. And when you already have Corey Coleman, who I think would be a very good compliment to him because he's more of a pure speed guy. So if you went Barkley one, Ridley two, and then like you said, you have two second round picks. I think in the second round, there's a chance someone like Orlando Brown from Oklahoma is still there. I know there are some people in the NFL who like him a lot. I think he's probably a, a top 45 selection. So you get him in there. Worst case scenario, you know, he and Sean Coleman can battle for right tackle. Best case scenario, he's your left tackle of the future. Uh, and then I would look hard at this corner class, someone like your guy at Florida State, Tavares McFadden. Um, I know he's had a little bit of a down year, but if you go back to last year, his ball skills are just out of this world. He had eight picks last year. He can run. He has that long build. And it. And I'm thinking, you know, okay, Greg Williams' defense, this is who would be a good fit. Yeah. We don't know if he will be the guy who's still the coordinator next year, but I would look at someone like that who could just really be that that type of fit. I think in Greg's defense, you need good corners not great safeties. You can, you know, safeties can be kind of manufactured in that scheme. So uh, McFadden would be my fourth guy for you. Um, yeah, and, and the thing is, it's I feel you know it's a tough year, obviously in Florida State, and it's it's going to probably have some of effect on all these kids who are coming up from the draft with the way this year's going down. Now they just added it, you know, they took a game away, they added it back, hoping to get their team eligible. I mean, you know, just a terrible season in Tallahassee, which has me in full on uh, draft mode at this point. Um, <laughs> You know, just tough to see. And you hate it for the older guys who are, you know, are looking toward that. You know, Derwin James, you know, he's going to take a little bit of a knock here. I'm sure Sweat is as well. Yeah. So it's just tough for those Florida State guys. Uh, Matt, I appreciate it, bro. Thanks so much for the time, buddy. Yeah, man. We'll have to do it again when I have a little bit more time and uh, and we can we can really dive into this. So, you, you know, get back to me. Uh, maybe Senior Bowl, maybe Combine time. We'll have a lot of fun. Oh, I'm going to bug you once a month, you know, from January to <laughs> April. You're going to get on here somehow, some way, Matt. Uh, appreciate it so much, guys. Locked on Browns, episode 112, Matt Miller, Bleacher Report. Guys, subscribe to Stick to Football. Guys, subscribe to Locked on Browns. Please follow the Facebook page, the Twitter page, all that stuff. I appreciate you guys so much. I'm doing everything I can. Like I tell you, I want this show to be your show. Matt, good night. We'll talk soon, bud. All right. Thanks, man.